You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. So good to have you back with us today. We're going to answer some calls, going to have some fun. If you'd like to participate, please consider doing so. You can call in at 608-501-0718. That's the number to call. Call in, leave a message. I will listen to it. I will play it. I will talk about it. End of conversation. New callers. Well, they go to the front of the line, but we don't have any new callers, so let's kick this thing off with our buddy Craig. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig again. Hey, man. Um, I just remembered another benefit of uh, of not winning Sunday, other than uh, our draft pick is a little higher and we don't get embarrassed by the 49ers. Um, but but the other thing is it it sets up a little easier schedule for next year, right? Because we're a third place in our division. I think we played the third place team in a few other divisions. Looking at the schedule, it looks like that would be the Steelers and the Giants um, both away. And then I think the Rams at home must have been the third place team. Um, and then it looks like we're playing the AFC West, which is pretty tough. It's got Kansas City and the Chargers in there, but it also has the Broncos and Raiders and who knows. What's going to be going on with those? And luckily, the, the Chiefs and, and Chargers look like they're home, where the uh, Broncos and Raiders are on the road. Um, and then we play the NFC South, it looks like, with uh, New Orleans and Tampa being home and the uh, Panthers and Falcons being away. But that NFC South is is kind of a mess, too. So already looking ahead at next year's schedule, I'm not going to do a prediction yet of uh, what I think our record will be, but... Um, it looks uh, manageable, um, but um, we, we kind of thought that a little bit this year, too. So hard to say, but uh, it could be worse. Take care. Bye. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, I mean, the, the the number one goal is to have a good team, right? Um, obviously, this will help us try to get back on track, hopefully get us a few wins and get us into the playoffs and whatnot. But um you know, I, you you want to have a good. I, I'd rather play a more difficult schedule, be a good team, and maybe have one less win uh, than the alternative of let's just say a couple more wins, but not quite as good. But no, I I understand your point, and I think that's uh, good for a team that's trying to get their footing. Still, not exactly sure. You know, I mean, even tomorrow we're going to go through some of the press conference stuff with uh, you know Rogers and Matt Lafleur. And there's clearly on both sides, for both of them, a feeling that they're not where they need to be, and there's still a learning curve and a process and all this stuff. So for a team that's still trying to get their footing, I think it could be a benefit. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hey, Ryan, had to wait a couple of days to call, cool down, you know, but uh, now I'm over it. Getting the offseason, I mean. Good to hear from you, Trevor. We got spared going another week to get crushed by the Niners. Um, yeah, right, exactly. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I know people are probably going to blame the defense, but, I mean, the defense has 20 points, and we gave them great field position all day. So, um, that stupid fourth down call early in the game, 
I don't really even mind going for a fourth down, even though it was in our own end, but the call was just abysmal. Like, we no, didn't I agree. Go. I don't, I was wondering, like, why. See, I, I agree. I, I like it. I hate it that we were at our 30 or whatever, but I like it from the standpoint of a physical football team saying, you know what, fourth in an inch, you better believe we can get it. But then you don't call a physical football play. And, and Matt LaFleur talked about it. He said, we thought we saw a look. In other words, we thought we saw something that we could take advantage of. And I feel like the Packers did that all night. We, we were trying to get cute. We think we're smarter than them. And we got outsmarted the entire day. It was freaking embarrassing. But that's where it gets back to be the more physical team. And it sucks that it feels like the Packers didn't think that they were. They conceded that ground to the Lions, and that's uh, that's rough. I, when did we stop sneaking with Aaron Rodgers? Because he used to QB sneak, I feel like, and get it every time. And we did. I think we did it twice this year, and we got it twice. I don't, I, exactly. Exactly. Get an inch. Come on, man. Once today. Um, but it's like, before that, I can't remember the last time he did one. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know, just the way... Rodgers was acting with Cobb and all. I, I'm really feeling like he's going to retire. I mean, I I kind of hope that's what it's going to be, um, but I guess we'll see. He seemed to say that his decision would come by March when he brought up how free agency's in March. So um, Beyond that, Quay's got to be smarter. The last time he got ejected, he bumped the guy without even looking at him. This time, he clearly looked right at it. Right. This person saw they were a trainer and pushed him anyway. Yeah. There's no room for that. I mean, the dude's a trainer. He's out there. He's just trying to get past you to help the player that's injured. Like, there's, I don't mind getting chippy with the other team, but you don't need to be pushing a trainer. And then, obviously, that was a huge call in the game, right. giving him a free first down there when we might have been able to hold no field goal. Um, I don't know. With him getting ejected twice in the season, I don't know if there's any chance he could even get suspended now, maybe, to start the next year. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but um, he's got a – be smarter, and I get it. I mean, I've never been a 21, 22-year-old, however old he is, on a football field, high emotions, you know. I'm not saying I would have done anything stupid also, but just got to clean it up. Um, but anyway, I also saw that before said he'd be open to Hackett coming back. Oh. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. I'm I'm usually the guy that's mad for weeks on end, but I'm actually pretty optimistic right now. I think our defense looks good. I mean, they end the year. Hopefully we can build on that next year. Um, I do think the offensive line was terrible. First yeah. round, minimum second round, I think we got to be looking offensive line. I mean, we got to. This has to get better. It has to get better. Rodgers did not play well, yes, but he also, I mean, he'd, he'd take the handoff and defenders in the face. I don't know what you want him to do. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't put the loss on him either, really. The offensive the whole is inept, but I think a large part of that was the offensive line. So, anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I mean, it it really was every every single phase and every single person. Um each offensive lineman took turns being terrible. Like I said, even even the run game, I, I mostly blame the coaches. And I, I know this is not my realm, and I don't understand these things, but I know for a fact that there is no way that some of our guys are going to be able to get to some of those guys in time. So, I mean, if you're going to say, well, that's just Detroit reading things perfectly, which seems like they were doing that all day, fine. Stop freaking doing that. And we do that all the time. We constantly try to get our offensive linemen to go reach people that are way too far away as if we assume that they're just going to stand there because that's what we do, right? Our linebackers just stand there so they can get there and block them. Nobody else does that. They take off like a rocket. And if they take off like a rocket, you cannot reach them, which means they will be unblocked. So please stop doing that. And we did it all day long. So the the plan with the blocking, at least in terms of the uh, run blocking, was terrible. The pass blocking, again, they took turns being terrible. 
Um, play calling was terrible. Um, Rodgers had his mistakes. The receivers obviously had a ton of mistakes. He had the fumble. I mean, it, it was just across the board. And, 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 you know, and that's sort of the, the issue in general, I think, is bigger than a player or anything than that. It's, it's such a culture thing because this is every single year it's the same thing. When the team as a whole, whether that's, I mean, it's obviously not every single person or even every single phase necessarily, although the defense did start to seemingly implode toward the end, which could have been play calling too, because you start to see some softer stuff, which is annoying, but um, I don't know. Um, It's just the fact that at least the last couple of years, the offense um, has kind of not shown up and the offensive line in particular, as you mentioned, the offensive line, it seems like every year that is the biggest issue as far as guys that just don't show up, and I can't explain that. It's it's more explainable when it's the 49ers or Tampa. I can't explain it when it's the Detroit Lions with one of the worst run defenses in football. I don't get that. Um, as far as the Hackett thing, I was kind of surprised how open he was about... I mean, I, I, mean, I guess it's just a maybe, but still, it's when you have a guy, <laughs> it seems like... Uh, I don't know. It's it's you got a guy that's your offensive coordinator. It would be kind of sucky for him to be like, "Hey, man, what do you think about getting a new one?" He's like, "Yeah, maybe." It's like, "Whoa, I thought we were cool, man. What the, the heck's going on here?" But you know that that's that's the thing too. And again, I'll kind of delve in a little bit more tomorrow as far as um, how all this stuff seems to be playing out. But it just feels like there's something going on um, with the coaching staff. I mean, Rogers made it clear on a couple occasions he was not happy. Seemingly, I, I I don't know. You're all trying to read between the lines and everything, but it, it really feels like he's not happy with the coaching staff and, and especially the play calling. I know he explicitly said that once. He was really upset about the last three play calls of that game. Um, but then he made another comment that was kind of surprising, and I, I think it has to do with that, but it could also be with guys and culture in the locker room and all that. I don't know, but... There's just other things going on behind the scenes that you can't see with the statistics. You know what I mean? And um, those are the things that scare me the most because, again, and this is the same thing I said last year when we lost. We lost last year, and I said, I don't have an answer. We have the players. We got the quarterback. We got the receivers. We've got the offensive line, the defense. We've got everything we could ever possibly need. And then we go and do that. What do you do? You go get more players? I mean, we're, we're kind of reaching max capacity here. You kind of get to a point where, you know, you're going to start losing talent more than you're gaining it, you know? I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. You, 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 can't, you can't get 22 top-end players every single year. So, you know, at some point, you kind of reach that critical mass where this is it, and it's all downhill from here. So, you know, I don't know how much more top-end talent we can get than what we have as much as I think sometimes fans expect perfection across the board like well of course we didn't win we look at our safeties or look at our this or look at that they, they, you know Razul's not good enough or this is not, I understand but every team's got a Razul and every team's got an Amos and a Savage and every team has a Kenny and a Wyatt and a oh, hold on anyways let us continue on I think you get the point besides Trev's got more to say hey Ron how's the other thing I Beginning of the year, I put like 20 bucks in a uh, FanDuel been betting games all year. I'd won some money. Yeah. And I said, Packers minus four and a half Lions. I, I put basically all of it on that. So, you know, it's just for fun. I'm not doing it. To- it's literally exactly what I do. 
I, I start with maybe 20, and when it's gone, it's gone. So you do just very minor things throughout the season, and then at the end you dump it all in, except I kind of forgot to do that. I got a little bit, little bit left over for uh, postseason. I'll probably let it all fly there and just kind of see how she goes. But, um, yep, I'm I'm the exact same with that stuff. I, I don't really – I think it's a better way to do it because I think you can get into dangerous territory when this is going to be like a, a way to make a bunch of money. But if you just know that it's 20 bucks to have fun for the year or 50 or 100 or whatever, then it's it's a little bit less likely you're going to get addicted or whatever. Bet my rent money or anything, but, um, you know, I was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to double it up real quick. Uh, and then we suck. But um, beyond that, when they were doing the player intros, I noticed, I can't remember now what it was, but I believe Razul Douglas, instead of PFF, he was in the 20s. Um, and I guess I just... In my brain, Rizal Douglas had a terrible year, and we shouldn't have paid him, even though I'm very happy for what he did for us last year. But um seems I was wrong on that. I mean, if, he, if he's really in the 20s on PFF, he must have had a better year than I'm remembering. So I don't know if you want to go over his PFF stat, what his grade was. Um, and then also I saw that Devontae Wyatt had a grade in the 90s. And it's like, I don't know, I get the Packer away and all, but it's... I lose you. Go get the quarterback every time. I just dropped a big one on you. So hopefully you're fully ready. But, um, <laughs> that was good uh, timing. No, I apologize. But um, I don't care about your team. Like, come on. We got to get our best players on the field. Go back now. So as for Razul Douglas, um, he had a 71.1 overall grade, fifth highest graded defensive player on the team. It goes Rashawn, then Jair, then Rudy Ford, then Devondre Campbell, then Razul Douglas. Razul Douglas, uh, let's see, statistically in coverage, he had uh, 73 targets, 49 receptions, 536 yards. Longest was 53. He gave up four touchdowns, which did lead the team, which is probably where a lot of the frustration... Oh, no, it didn't. Uh, Amos actually had more, but... As far as corners, because I think safeties are a little bit harder to identify, um, probably where a lot of the frustration comes from for uh, touchdowns given up. But he was also second in interceptions with four, and he was second in pass breakups with seven. He had an 84 passer rating when targeted, which is certainly not terrible. And it's funny because I said there's almost no way he's going to replicate the amount of interceptions he had. He had five last year, he had four this year, so it really wasn't that different. Um, I think the biggest difference, he had uh, one more interception, the exact same amount of pass breakups, seven. The the other difference is he had two less touchdowns given up. So two less touchdowns and an additional pick, but really very similar. Uh, also, in terms of the yardage, 360 compared to 536, and 536 is not even that bad. It's just that 360 is really low. Um, his run defense also had gotten better than last year. Um 71 compared to a 56. It was his second highest run defense grade. It was his second highest tackling grade. Um, he also had a sack this year, which is the only of his entire career. He was sent on a pass rush four times for the Packers this year. He's only had five in his entire career outside of this four. So nine total four were this year. Um, so yeah, he gave up a little bit more yards, but not bad. I mean, two years ago in Carolina, he gave up 616. Two years before that was uh, 666, which is horrifying and demonic and awful. Probably why his career went downhill after that one year. But no, I, I mean, I, I really thought he was fine. Um, 
I don't know if the expectation was he's going to stay elite. I know that's not what you're saying. You thought he had a, a just kind of a flat-out bad year, but I don't think so. I mean, I think he was a little disappointing at times, and and maybe that was the biggest thing last year was the fact that he had the picks and there weren't really any games where you're like, come on, Razul, what are you doing? But I feel like that's pretty standard for most corners. We just got super lucky with that. And it, and again, that's not to say Razul was elite. I mean, he, he had a 74.5 grade last year, 71.1. And again, that's with two less touchdowns and an additional pick. So I think the play was pretty much pretty much the same, but was just much more noticeable in terms of the negatives. Um, again, more yardage given up, more a uh, couple more touchdowns and one less pick. Uh, the Devontae Wyatt, I didn't really catch what you were saying, but I think I get what you're saying in terms of him having a 90 grade and we should have been playing him sooner, I think is what you're saying. Somebody made a comment, and shame on me for not knowing this considering I do this every day, but Joe Barry had made some kind of a comment that he's not playing because of his character. They went on to mention that it had kind of alluded to like his work ethic, maybe not really putting in the work to get on the field. I don't know. But Devontae Wyatt overall for the season did end with about a 70 overall grade, which really is impressive. Um, He didn't play a ton, but 224 snaps is not nothing. Uh, It's certainly not. And especially when you look at starting in about week 13, he had a terrible week, week 16, and pretty bad week 17. But you're talking 87, 77, 50, 58, and 90. So three really good games, two really good games, three good games out of the last five weeks, considering he had basically two or three good games prior to this, uh, week 11 and or week 12 and, and earlier. But Wyatt was the second highest graded defensive tackle in football. And I, I've mentioned this to you, defensive tackles do not grade out well as rookies. In fact, it, when, when they talk about year three and stuff, this has been an almost every year phenomenon with, with very few exceptions. Defensive tackles as rookies suck. And, and I think this is kind of a newer thing. I, I don't think this has always been the case. I don't know. But Jordan Davis was the highest with a 71.4, Devontae Wyatt 69.9. You had five defense, uh, four defensive tackles who were above a 49. Um, That includes Perry and Winfrey with a 41. Logan Hall had a 35. I mean, I'm just trying to pick pick names of people that you might remember. I don't even know. Uh, Travis Jones had a 62. He was one of the ones that uh, was above a 40. <laughs> Not a lot of super recognizable names outside of Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, but yeah, it's, it's 70, 69, 63, 62, and then it's 49, 48, 47, 41, 35, 35, 32. That's the defensive tackles this year. Last year, the best rookie the entire year was Christian Barmore. He had a 63 grade. The highest run defense grade was a 56, Roy Lopez. The highest tackling grade was a 66. 2020 was very similar to this year. You had a, two, two guys in the 70s, Justin Matabuike and Raekwon Davis, my man Raekwon. But then it's like a handful of 60s, 50s, 40s, and 30s. Ross Blacklock, everybody's favorite that year, was the lowest graded with a 30. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't sound like much to, but, but really any rookie that ends with a 70 is, is pretty promising. It really is. It's, it's quite rare across the board. I just know defensive tackles in general they mostly are, it's not only that there's not very many like 70s, it's the fact that there's so many that are like in the 30s and 20s, just awful. And and again, Matt LaFleur made the comments early in the season that he thinks the hardest position to learn in, in football or whatever, something to that effect, which was a kind of a shocking thing because I never thought it was, I wouldn't have put it in the top three, I don't think. 
And then if you look at the rookies from week 13 on, like the end of the season, it's Devontae Wyatt and nobody. Jordan Davis had a 55 overall grade to end the season. Um, the highest was Devontae Wyatt with nearly an 80 overall grade. In fact, if you look weeks 13 through 18, just throughout all defensive tackles, Kenny Clark was 10th, Devontae Wyatt was 13th. Defense was coming on strong, man. That annoys me so much. But yeah, look, I mean, he's he's good, but he's inconsistent. Again, it was a 90, but the week before it was a 58. The week before that was a 49. And then a 77 and an 87. The week before that against Philly was a 36, 67, 54, 60. So he's, he's, he's young. He's learning. Uh, I generally agree that I'd rather have him learn on the field so that he can get up caught up to speed sooner. You know, maybe his breakout instead of being week 13 could have been week 9, 8, 7, kind of like with Christian Watson. Coincidentally, we start using him more, and all of a sudden he becomes good at football. That's odd, right? Um, but look, I think going into next year, he is the dude. I mean, it's, it's Kenny and it's Wyatt, and 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 that's the, the combo. We'll figure it out from there who else is going to be there with him, whether we bring back Reed or draft somebody or do whatever. And I think that's cool. I mean, considering he had so many bad games. I mean, in his first five, he had one good game. Um, he had another like four game stretch where he was struggling from week nine through week 12 and to still end with a 70 overall grade, um, it's pretty promising his, his final game being his best game and, uh, he'll have the entire off season to kind of digest, you know, it's one thing to, to get the playbook and try to figure it out and then go on the field and execute. It's another thing to kind of be able to get that playing time and really start to comprehend it and understand it and then go back and, and re-look at it with new eyes, like having experienced it. Um, I think that'll be good. And come back next year, get his body right, get his mind right, have a better understanding of what he's doing, and I think he'll come back pretty strong next year is what I think. So I get the frustration, but I also understand, especially if it's true, and I don't know if it is, that he was kind of struggling in the maturity department. Hey, Ryan, you probably pick me. Bob call, promise. With the fourth down stuff, you know, I'd like. You want to get creative? Let's do this. Let's uh, let's line up in a high formation. Put AJ Dillon in as the fullback, and just have Rodgers give it to Dillon as the fullback, and just barrel ahead through that line. Just stay, run into anything ahead of you, and then have Jones coming behind him, give him a little extra push. You know, like let's do something like that. Let's not do this stupid end around. Um, other than that, let's uh, look at some positivity that's going to be completely lost in the abysmal loss we had. Um, that Christian Watson catch on the deep ball. Yeah, man. Some yards. I mean. That was nice. He just went up and straight mossed that guy. Got, got pass interfered with and still just destroyed him and came down with that ball. That was amazing. I mean, I, I still think Christian Watson, high end, he's going to be our number one. Uh, low end, he's going to be a deep ball guy getting 680 yards a year and a lot of long touchdowns. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to continue to see him develop next year. He was in his head early in the year. That drop definitely hurt his confidence. Well, I think he's got all the confidence he needs now and uh, knows he can go out there and be the guy. So, go back, go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really talking myself into this getting another wide receiver thing. Um, just because I, I, I really like what Christian does, and if you can find somebody that's a compliment, and maybe that is Dobbs, I don't know, but... Um, Either way, we're going to be pretty low on receivers next year. I kind of like it. In addition to what you said about Dylan and getting that extra yard, 
you know, I, I, I generally like our offensive line, but I'm really starting to like some of these prospects. And, you know, that specific scenario you brought up that we struggled in, you should feel confident, especially with a guy like Dylan, that you can pick up an inch or a yard or, or two yards or whatever. And I don't think we are confident. And I think that's fair because I, we've seen how many times Dylan and Jones have been hit in the backfield. The thing that I like is when I went and watched Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern, I thought, I love this guy because he's so big and he's so mean and he's so physical. And I kind of thought, but I don't know 100%. You know, a lot of times these bigger absolute maulers are, are not quite as refined. I'm not saying that's a definitive thing, but just generally that's a concern that I have. But then I went and watched um, Broderick Jones out of Georgia, and it's like he somehow is a bigger and stronger version of Peter Skaronsky. I mean, just an absolute freak of nature. Then I watched Osiris Torrance out of Florida, interior guy. Those two, first two are tackles. And he is just the biggest, most massive earth mover ever that I've seen at guard. And then I go look at tight end, and you see Darnell Washington. And what's funny about like all these guys, Skaronsky, uh, Jones, Broderick Jones, Osiris Torrance, and um, Darnell Washington, they all have this weird thing where they almost envelop people because they're so big. Darnell Washington in particular, his blocking style is to almost like wrap his body around you and just run. And just, it, it's almost like a snowball thing where as he's running, you just fall and he just keeps pushing you down the field. It's just this amazing thing. I really like, I mean, you know, you got to work on a lot of things in terms of the passing game and everything else, but I love the idea of just having an absolutely imposing offense. And it's not going to hurt to have guys that are better pass blockers too, but, um, you know, you've heard that having a good run game has way more to do with your offensive line than your running backs. We got A.J. Dillon. I like A.J. Dillon, but... I want to have an offensive line, at the very least, at a baseline, a, a, a team, an offense, and an offensive line that if we can get into third and two or shorter, it is automatic. And I can't speak for all five guys, but I can tell you, you get a Peter Skaronsky, you get a Broderick Jones, you get an Osiris Torrance, and maybe you throw in a, a, a Darnell Washington as a little extra something. It's funny because it's almost like a joke. You know, we get so many Georgia guys. The first mock draft I did, I took Broderick Jones and I took Darnell Washington. Both of them are out of Georgia, and I didn't even realize. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Until I, uh, I forgot what I was doing. I was like on PFF or something. I was like, wait, that's, I'm, I'm still on the Georgia page. That's weird. It's, uh, but, it, but it just makes so much sense. These big, physical, mean, will not be, you know, in, in terms of just moving the person in front of you backwards just enough to get a first down. We're not looking for a 45-yard run here or, or a 10-plus, 15-plus yard run. We just need two. We just need one. We just need an inch. Can we get an inch? I need that answer to be 1,000% yes. And right now it's not. And, and I think that that does kind of go to our end around to Alan Lazard on a fourth in inches. You know, again, at the, at the, at the podium saying, well, we thought we saw something. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. But I feel like you tried to spend the entire game outsmarting the Lions and they just made you look stupid. And I wish you'd have just lined up and been tougher and been stronger. And I kind of hope that we can go in that direction next year. Um, and, and the great thing is you don't have to be, it's not like we're tough and slow. You can be, I mean, like the <laughs> the 49ers are kind of a, an example of this where they have some speed and everything else too. But imagine if you could be this big physical team up front. We have this hulking massive um, running back that is 250 pounds, but he's fast. We have these big, massive, giant, freakish, strong offensive linemen, but they can move. And and the same goes for uh, Darnell Washington, who who's probably going to run in the in the mid four. Still have speed across the board, but up front, it's brute force, and that combination is so scary. And it's so amazing. And I really would love to move in that direction um, and just be a team that says, yeah, we're, we're, we're fast and we can fly and, and we're very hard to stop as a team that passes the ball. But you get us into fourth and one, it's, I mean, just give it to us because you're wasting your time trying to stop us. Goal line, pfft. you know how discouraging it is for the Packers to get down within the five-yard line and not be able to figure out how to punch it in? And every time, we, you know, you, you, as fans, we say, just run the ball, and then they run the ball and lose a yard. And it's like, well, I guess I'm an idiot. I don't know. But but you should be able to do that. You should be able to run the ball inside the five-yard yard line and have confidence that you're going to get it. So, you know, I, I know you mentioned the the just treat him as a fullback and run it. I think that's a decent shot, but I think we've seen that too many times fail because he gets hit in the backfield, and that's what I want to fix. I know that he's big and he's strong, but you hit a big and strong guy before he's even got a shot to get a, a full head of steam and you cut his legs out from under him. It ain't going to matter if he's 180, 250, or 290. Anyways, let's take a break here. We'll come back and see what Goose has got going on. Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey, Goose. Long time, no call. Yeah, man. What's up with that? I just wanted to give my thoughts on the season overall i think it was both very disappointing and very uh promising yep the first 10 games of the season eight 10 games were such a mess like i'm glad we beat brady 
but you could tell right from the get-go that this team was disjointed. Yep. Thankfully, the defense started to actually turn it around in the last half of this season, and I have uh, a lot more hope for them, and I think next year they could be a top-half defense, which is all I want from them. I want them to be a top-half defense that gives us a reasonable chance to win each game. But all year long, Rodgers has been an issue, and he has been off, even before the injuries. He wasn't the Rodgers we know. He's still under the top 10 quarterback. He's still very good. But he isn't what he once was. Father time is catching up to him, I think. And maybe it's not his skills that are declining, but his susceptibility to injuries. He spent pretty much the entire season injured, multiple injuries, and they affected the way he played, for sure. You saw it when he hurt his ribs. You could tell that he wasn't the same after that. The thumb affected his accuracy all season. I hope that was his thumb, because otherwise it's in his head, and that's even worse. Mm-hmm. But I have to stick with what I said last year after the loss to the San Francisco 49ers. We've done this over and over, and unless Bill Murray is in Lambeau Field somewhere, there's no reason to keep this Groundhog Day going. It's time for a fresh start for this team. I hope Rodgers retires. He has gotten a lot of hate that I don't think he deserves, but it is obviously time for it to be over. And I'd love for him to go out as a Packer, as one of the best to ever play. I don't care what anyone says. Brady had the drive, and he had the situation to win, but Rodgers was the better player. And it's sad to think of that end of the narrow, but I also am very hopeful for the new era and ready. Anyway, some other time. Thanks. Yeah, you know, the, the, the defensive thing is interesting because a lot of people now I'm seeing are, are posting about, well, you know, they ended the season as the uh, 20th ranked defense and they go back through Joe Barry's history and he's 20th this, da, 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 right? The, the thing is, though, that's just where they ended up at the end of the season, 20th, which is not good, but it's worth noting that that's for the season. If you look at the last half, it's 17th and almost a perfectly average defense. And then if you look at the last quarter, they're the third-ranked defense. Now, again, small sample size and all that, but again, it's it's 20th is just what they did for the entirety of it all. The, the bigger question that I have about this defense and, and, and hope and excitement and aspiration and fear and everything else is, is there reason to believe that we turned a corner with the Joe Barry defense? That is to say, the guys that we have plus Joe Barry equals this Green Bay Packers defense for 2023, assuming he comes back, which I do. And is it fair to point to this Joe Barry thing and and say, well, he's 20th, which is what he's always been, and so he's the same bum he's always been? Well, last year the Packers defense ranked about the same, right? That's the whole thing is Joe Barry's defense is always the same every year. What about the last quarter of 2021? Did we have a spike then too? No, we ranked 25th. What about last time he was defensive coordinator in 2016 with Washington? Did they have some kind of a spike at the end of the season? Nope, they ranked 24th. 
The year before, the last quarter, they ranked 25th. What about when he was the defensive coordinator in Detroit? What about that? Was he really good last quarter? They ranked 30th in Detroit in uh, 2008. And they ranked 30th in 2007 in the last quarter. So this hasn't happened before. This is uncharted territory, right? It's, it's, it's a different situation. It averaged out to about what he's always been. But there's at least reason to believe that it can be different next year. Now, if, if this had been a normal occurrence where, yeah, you, you occasionally will see spikes you know, at the end of the season, it doesn't mean anything, but that's never happened. It's usually he's about the same, and it's actually usually worse for him. If he averages about 20th, what I read to you was like 25th pretty much every time or, or worse. So I don't know. I understand looking at it and saying, hey, look, the final result, what you produced, net result for the year was a subpar defense, and that's all you've ever done as a defensive coordinator. I don't think I want to try this again. You've had, what, sw- six swings at this in your career, t- two years with the Lions, two years with Washington, and two years with us as a defensive coordinator, and you've never produced anything even average. Um, I, I don't think I want to do it again. But again, if you look at it a little bit more nuanced and say it seems like for the first time ever, a Joe Barry defense kind of figured it out. And do we really want to start all over with another big giant question mark and give him another couple of years to try to figure it out? Granted, a lot of times you bring in a new defensive coordinator, there's a spike right away. Not always, but I'm surprised how, how common that is considering that doesn't ever seem to happen to us. But we're the Green Bay Packers and uh, defense is not our thing. We bring in an offensive guy and all of a sudden have a top offense. That's just how that works. We draft defense for 75 years straight and have a better offense than defense every single year. <laughs> it's amazing how much that identity is tied to everything. It's why the it's it's why the Bears, if they're smart, it's like we need to trade back and get pieces for Justin Fields. No, you don't. Just take the top defensive player at pick one, okay? Why? Because you're the freaking monsters of the midway. That's why. Build defense. The offense will be what it is. Vikings, stop worrying about Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and all that stuff. I know you think you're great and everything, but your team sucks. Although I'm super ticked off that you have a chance of winning the first round of the playoffs because you're playing an even potentially even trashier team. We'll have to dig into that soon enough. But anyways, purple people eaters, man. It's all about that defense. It's all about that defense. Lions, I have no idea what your identity is. Probably offense. The only thing slightly redeemable about your team has been Megatron. Um, Barry Sanders, playmakers, which is why Jamison Williams was probably a great pick. Damn you. (laughs) Anyways, I had to step away for a little while, so I apologize if I didn't finish answering that question. I don't even know what the question was, but we're going to go on to the next call if that's all right with you. Hazards of family life. Hey, Ryan, this is Nico. So, day two after the uh, event. Yeah. So, I I did want to just say I do appreciate Aaron for all that he has done. Yep. Um, I feel like a lot, a lot of kind of like really just like with Brett Favre at the end of his career, you know, everyone could see his, his shortcomings, maybe, except maybe him. Um, but de- definitely did appreciate really the greatness we did see for a while, <laughs> which is not a lot of franchises get that even. Um, so thank you for that. Obviously, it's time to move on. I'm clearly not the only one to think so. I just hope so does Gutekunst and what's his face. I do want to thank Rogers, though, one last time for giving me my own Hayabuska you know, event because all I did Sunday was crap my pants and vomit the whole time I watched that game. <laughs> so, uh, hey, here's, uh, here's the flush in the system. Start new and uh, V2 
being better oh, next year man. and the years to come. Go back up. That was a good line, man. That was a good line, Nico. There's just nothing really hurt. <clears throat> um, so the ones that did for me and Amy had mushrooms. I see that, and I think the onions uh, were, are a great idea, and I'm yeah. going to do some of those. Like, I slightly cooked them. Nico. Nico. Are you there? Nico. Hang up the phone, Nico. No. Nico, I'm in your pants right now, Nico. Hang, hang up the phone, Nico. Yeah. Jalapenos are great. I need you to hang up the phone. That's all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Thank you. If you butt dial me, man, you you run the risk of being. Just make sure you're careful. All right. After you call me, don't do anything nefarious. Just in case, you never know. But please keep me on speed dial. Nothing bad will happen. Probably, maybe, but it might. Hello. All right, we're off to a rough start. Trevor, are you there? Nothing. Okay. Let's try this call. Trevor, are you there? I said I was done, there but I'm go. not done. There we go. Hey, man. Got some schedule content for you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, it alternates every year. This upcoming year, we have eight home games right yeah. away. And last year, or this, you know, this ending, our ninth home game was a overseas game. So Here's a question for you. Sorry to cut you off. How much does home field advantage benefit us without Rodgers? A lot of this whole, like, we don't lose in December, we don't lose at Lambeau, we don't lose da-da-da, how much of that is Rodgers? It's a question, right? Just a thought. I don't know. Basically, we really only had eight home games. So it's going to be the fourth year of the 17-game schedule before we have our first nine home game season. Still waiting for that. That would be nice to have mm-hmm. uh, at some point. Uh, if we, they don't send us away again that year. So I'm sure we're not the only ones with all the international games and stuff now, but... Uh, a little frustrating, but I do think I don't know. Maybe it's because we're third in the division instead of you know where we usually are, one or two. Yeah. Um, but the schedule is more favorable, I feel like, than past. Um, I That's feel the like plan. You never know. The majority of difficult games we got home, and the away games we got some easier teams. You know, obviously easier teams this year. Ones we lost to. I'm not saying anything about anything like that, but I just feel like the tougher games we got at home, and I feel like usually you know we play the Chiefs, we play the. You know, the Rams, when they were good, we played these the teams that are at the top of the league, and they're always away games, always, always, always. I feel like we never get them at home usually, um, but got the Chiefs and some others at home this upcoming year. So I think we got, a, for once, a favorable schedule. Um, question will just be who will who will be our quarterback trying to take it on. But, uh, yeah, go back, go. Yeah, the other question, I guess, being um... – you know, how, how good are these teams going to be? Because it's all based on, well, you're the third best, so you play like the third best teams or whatever. Um, but also the other thing is we play the NFC South in its entirety. And so that seems like a good thing, but who knows, right? What are the Saints going to be? They're, they're kind of become this team that has a kind of scary-ish defense but can't quite figure out the offense, but sometimes kind of hits on the offense because they still got some pieces there and uh, they don't really have any money still. They're still fighting through this financial ruin that they put themselves in because they also went through this, hey, let's go all in, let's go all in one more time, let's go all in one more time again. And then now they're in unbelievable. I don't know how they're still in cap hell. I guess it's because they have 
decided not to completely overhaul, and maybe they can't. It's one of they got a bunch of contracts that we just can't get out of. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're out of it this year. I have no idea, but I don't think so. Maybe next year. But the point is, they're having a hard time kind of getting fully back to uh, to normal. But that could be a tough team. The Rams. You look at them and say, "Well, the Rams are trash." Well. They were trash this year. They won the Super Bowl two years ago, so they still have some kind of talent. However, McVay's probably leaving. I'm guessing Aaron Donald is officially leaving. I don't know. Um, so probably going to suck, but we don't really know. Then you got the Panthers, and it's like, well, the Panthers suck, but they kind of started getting better toward the end of the year. Like they started started figuring stuff out, although I doubt that they're going to get good enough that if you're an even somewhat competent team that you're like, dang, I think we lose this, but I guess I don't know. Falcons starting a new quarterback next year, like full-time with the new young quarterback. Um, we'll see. But then, yeah, you got the rest of the, the group. Um, and we got the Chiefs, so that absolutely sucks. I don't know how we got stuck with that. I guess because we got the AFC West, too. So we got the Chiefs and the Chargers. and so, so So that's not anything to do, really, with our... So really, the only two games that seem to correspond to us being the third best team would be the Giants and the Steelers because those two teams are also the third ranked teams um however you got to remember the Steelers also came on pretty strong right they were complete garbage they're not a very good football team but they started getting into a rhythm with their new quarterback and um they of course have a pretty scary defense as always so I don't know that that's necessarily the third best team right now in that division the Giants likewise who knows what's going on over there I mean, that is the team that put three teams into the playoffs, so for whatever that's worth. But yeah, the other the other games, um, six of our games are NFC North, four of our games are NFC South, and four of our games are AFC West, which is the exact same schedule as everybody else. So the only two games that matter, as far as us being third, are Steelers-Giants. And again, if you look at that, the Giants are better than your average third-ranked team, right? I mean... Compare that to, for example, the Colts, or uh, let's see, we're already playing those teams. Uh, there really aren't a lot of options. We're already playing, so that the Patriots would be the other team. We're already playing the Raiders, and we are the Packers, and we're playing the Giants already. That was the other team, and we're playing the Saints, and we're playing the Rams, and we're playing the Steelers. So, yeah, the Patriots, the Colts, and the Giants, and the... Uh, Steelers are the only four remaining that we could pick from, and we got two of those four. But, um, but yeah, if you compare like the Steelers to the Ravens, I'd probably rather play the Ravens. Ravens just seem like a disaster right now. They've always kind of been a disaster, but they've always figured it out, usually with really good defensive play, and then like sort of like that Justin Fields mentality thing where they've they've got a quarterback that can just kill you in multiple ways. But I feel like Lamar Jackson hasn't played in two years, so such as the life of a run-first quarterback, I guess. Hence the reason the Bears should draft a quarterback. Well, that and the guy can't throw, but anyways. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's that big of an advantage. It's two games out of 18 that come into play. And um, again, all of this is a giant question mark in regard to um, who's actually good and who's not. You know, again, if you look at the AFC North, who are the best and worst teams? between the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, I honestly don't know. I'm assuming the Bengals would be the top dog. After that, I have no idea. Ravens won 10, Steelers won 9, 
Browns won seven. I don't see really any reason why any of those next three couldn't be number two next year and potentially number one. I wouldn't think so because I regard the Bengals fairly highly, but I still think they have a ton of issues with offensive line and some stuff that could really wreck a, wreck a season. Uh, also, I think the Steelers and probably Browns have maybe better defenses. Maybe I'm underrating the Bengals. They just they just don't have that like superstar Miles Garrett, TJ Watt type of player on their defense. And Baltimore always has good defenses, so uh, that could also come into play. So hard hard to know, but I wouldn't really count on that to give us that big of a leg up. Would be my thought. Um, you did mention some of the home and away. I don't know if that goes into it in terms of, hey, the Packers suck. Let's give them some of the harder teams at home and some of the, and that can work against you. I mean, that's home games are your biggest advantage. And if you get the Chiefs at home and now you have a, an L at home and then you get the Chargers at home and we lose to them, well, that freaking sucks. And Tampa's at home, so that sucks. And then we lose to the, I mean, all of a sudden, like we have losses at home. These should be all wins. You know what I mean? If we're going to lose to the Chiefs either way, let's let that be one of our away games. Not saying we have to lose to the Chiefs. I'm just saying. Different ways you can think about it, I guess. Hey, Ryan. It's Brian from Illinois. Hey, man. A couple thoughts on Love getting the chance to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. When he started or got in on the game against the Eagles, Mm -hmm. you could just tell that he was fired up. At one point, they had a slow-mo on him, and he was licking his lips. His (laughs) eyes were going to each receiver. You could tell he was going through his reads. I'm just excited because that guy is ready to play, and he's eager to play, and he's young enough to where he doesn't have those scars and the calluses that Rodgers has. I think that's what's kind of held him back in the last couple years where he kind of, yeah, he's can be a top 10 quarterback, but he just, I don't think is fired up enough to just go get that Lombardi. And even if love isn't, it would be exciting to see him, you know, give it a chance. And then, like you said, if we don't, we don't, and then we can uh, kick this thing down the road to see what we can find. I do like what Goody's done. I think LaFleur needs a chance to coach without Rodgers in the building. I think until we really see that and see how he can change the offense from what wasn't really working this year and uh, just see how things go. Have a good one. Yeah, I just looked. Uh, This is, I think, the first time not including 2017, he's actually been outside of the top 10 uh, via PFF. He was 12th overall with a 77 um, and 11th graded passer at 76.1. So when you said he can be a top 10, that's fairly accurate because I was, I was going to correct you and say, well, he's always been top 10. Apparently that's not true thanks to this year. And I know it's an incredibly small sample size, but you know where Jordan Love ranked among all quarterbacks? Um how many would that be out of 82 quarterbacks? He ranked ninth as a passer. You know, and it's funny because I heard somebody comment about this, about Jordan Love and one of those ESPN folks or whatever. And they were like, well, that was when uh, the Eagles were in prevent defense basically through that game. But they had, who was it, Darius Slay, I think? 
who said he he had like a podcast, but he played in that game. And he said when Jordan Love came out, they were the defense was licking their lips like we're going to get this guy. They were absolutely not in prevent defense. They were they were playing harder. They were playing. They were ready to go hunt and get after him. According to a man on the field <laughs> talking about what the defense talked about when they found out Jordan Love was coming out. And he went 14 to 21, 195 yards and a touchdown. So I am excited. I mean, again, it all comes down to consistency. Anybody can do a good job in a small amount of time. The question is, can you do that for an entire quarter, an entire half, entire four quarters, an entire season? That's going to be the difference between being a great quarterback and being another, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, another career backup that can show those flashes that's going to keep the money rolling in from team to team to team that wants you as a backup and being a guy that gets that big time contract with a team to stick around. And I just want to know if if that's the case. And I'm 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 excited because I know there's going to be the good plays. I've seen what this guy can do. I've seen the the Rodgers-esque type plays where he's th- running on, you know, he's throwing on the run across his body and makes magic happen. I've seen those tight window throws. I've seen the throws with anticipation and the zip on the ball and the deep balls. I've seen all of that. And yes, I saw it in his college tape, which everybody will tell you, go watch his college tape. You knew he was trash. Really? Because I saw all these things I'm describing while he was in college. So you're going to get the good. It's just a matter of how much bad. I mean, you could argue that that's the difference with Aaron Rodgers. This, Well, no, that's not true. It didn't have the good. I was going to say it was just the increase in bad that made it bad, but that's not true. It's also the complete lack of great stuff. It was more bad and almost no great. But I mean, yeah, you look at the difference between 2021 and 2022. Again, both small sample sizes, but a 36 PFF grade compared to a 78. 31 passing grade compared to 77. Big time throw percentage went from 1.5 to 4.8. Turnover worthy plays, he had six. Granted, he played less in 2022 than 2021, but six, which is 8.2%, down to zero. If you apply that back into this season, again, it's a smaller number, but he still would have had two turnover-worthy plays, and he had zero. Average depth of target went up. Adjusting completion percentage went from 61.7% to 85%. He had more drops this year than last year, even though he played a third as many snaps. Time to throw went from 257 to 217, and his passer rating, 68.7, up to a 112.2. So... Yeah, I'm curious, man. Kind of curious to peek behind the curtain and see what we got. I'm sure it'll be a little bit of ugly mixed in. It's a young guy, doesn't have a lot of experience, comes with the territory. But I want to see that upside in action. I'm excited about it. And you know what? If he's not the guy, I'm excited about looking at quarterbacks in the draft. I'm just excited about building, man. That's what I'm excited about. I like this stuff. Makes me weird. I can't help it. Yeah, but your team's bad. Yeah, it happens. Just get to dedicate more resources and energy into getting excited about a build and a rebuild and all that stuff. I like that. I like it for other teams. It doesn't make Sunday as fun, but it makes the offseason more fun. So it's a trade-off. I'll survive. Hey, Ryan. Brian again. Trying to keep my call short and sweet because I am a mailman and I can get lost in thoughts and go into all sorts of different... I thought he was throwing pots and pans down his stairs or something. I'm like, what is that noise? I think he's opening and closing mailboxes or something. But I also wanted to bring up the point that, man, now that you have this call and show yeah. for the draft this year Ooh. and all the prospects we can go over and right? stuff we can dive down and talk about, it's going to be insane. Yeah. And the Rogers stuff is going to get old. I think we all got to get it out of the yeah. system. Yeah, I'd agree. But let's let's at get some it out point, and move this on. This is here. really going to be fun. 
Uh, there's just so much to look forward to. We're at a great draft spot this year. Oh, man. Talk to you later, bud. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great thought. I hadn't really considered that. And I think uh, if you guys are into that, please just call in and give me some prospects and we can go over it. Give me like a guy, like either I'm curious about this guy or I looked into him and I really liked him. And I'll spend a little bit of time. I got I got eviscerated on Twitter yesterday because I just gave real – somebody gave me a mock draft and said, what do you think? And I'm not kidding. I spent probably two hours uh, – trying to do my best to do and it was like one quick look and it was just a quick thought and unfortunately as I've told you I'm not a huge fan of Brian Branch right now I was a little bit unfair to him I was real positive about everybody but him but I have higher expectations and I thought I'd see something that I didn't so I just gave my quick thought people lost their mind they got so mad at me so I'm gonna have to go back and convince myself to like Brian Branch so I can post some positive clips and everybody can calm down um I don't know Nobody uh, nobody really appreciated that <laughs> very much. I think if you keep it positive, you're probably more than likely, which I don't really mind that because I don't really know how to evaluate anyways. To be fair, neither do GMs. Nobody really does. They're just slightly better at it than I am, which is why their hit rate goes from like what mine. Well, that I, I wonder, you know what's interesting? I wonder if you had a random computer just randomly pick players. And then compare that, you know, you know how they had like the stock market, they had monkeys pick stocks and the monkeys did as good or better or something than stock market traders because it's supposedly all BS and nobody actually knows how to do it. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the, that's supposedly a thing. I wonder if you could do that with GMs in the draft. Because you know how GMs occasionally get that one good draft, but that's going to happen if you randomly pick uh, occasionally too. You could do that in reverse. I should do that. I should have a, a random name picker. Now, you could do it a couple different ways. You could do it just completely random, and maybe they end up picking like, you know, you get seven picks and all of them are in the third round or later, and then sometimes they pick all first round. You're like, well, that's not fair. Or you could set it up into, you know, consensus first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, and then have them pick one and just see how it comes out. Just completely random and see if it comes out better than... I'm I'm just saying... Because I, I want to give GMs more credit because obviously they know a lot more about football and evaluation, but the hit rate would indicate <laughs> that I don't I don't know how much better than random they actually are. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess it's unfair if you put them into tiers because the tiers are kind of created by evaluators. I don't know. Whatever. But then if you don't do tiers, nah, I don't know. No, they would, you don't need to do tiers because if they pick all first rounders, then that's that's luck. Who's to say they're worthy of being a first-rounder anyways? Who's to say first-rounders are better than second-rounders? Sometimes they're not. What are we talking about here, Brian? Oh, um, yeah, no, I think that'd be awesome. Call in with your thoughts, and it doesn't have to be anything specific, uh, whether you're super into the draft or not. By the way, you need to try it, because I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. And everybody kind of finds their own thing. I'm not super big on film evaluation, not only because I'm not good at it, I just generally don't like it. But that only applies to some positions. Some positions I love, and it's it's mostly a gut thing for me. I know there are certain, you know, even when people like evaluate my evaluations and they start get well, that was cover one, and that, that, I'm like, dude, you're you are boring the crap out of me right now. I I'm sorry. Well, you need to. I I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm I'm watching a guy not do what I think he should do. Well, technically, I, I dude, I don't care. I'm telling you, I think he should have been able to do that. Well, he thought he was going to have safety help. Oh, so he slowed down on purpose, or was he running as fast as he could and he got beat anyways? Well, he still should have had safety. Well, I'm just saying, 
not super fast then or something or I don't know what happened there. This is a problem I have with like all the nuance. It's like, well, technically based on like this, then even though he sucked, it was good that he sucked. You know, I'm sorry. I struggle with that a bit. Well, he's not required to be super aggressive to tackle somebody. If he wants to run alongside somebody, there's nothing wrong with it. That's fine. If that's your opinion, that's not my opinion. See, because I'm looking at a safety like Brian Branch, and I want these guys that are a little unhinged and a little aggressive and want to go hit people. And that's not everybody. And I'm not saying that coaches even tell you you have to do that. I don't care. I'm just saying I've seen guys do it, and I've seen guys not do it, and I like the guys that do it. And if you think it's not a big deal and there's nothing wrong with it, that's up to you. But I'm, I'm telling you what I'm seeing, and I don't like it. Personal preference. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But between the two of us, neither of us would get GM jobs, so thank you for your opinion. I'm going to hold on to mine. But anyways, the point is, you find your own thing. I kind of like digging into the numbers I've created. I, I did create. I'm recreating a, another spreadsheet. I've done it for years now. Uh, probably the last three or four drafts where I try to do a data-based um, big board. And um, it's pretty crazy because, you know, some of the stuff is in line with what everybody else says, but then there's these like big outliers. And sometimes these outliers are, are big time hits. And sometimes it's like, that was dumb, but not so much more than any other. But it's fun. I like doing it. I like just having opinions. It's just, it's just about having opinions, man. It's just about having fun. And that's why like people that do that stuff annoy me because it's kind of like when you go to the gym and, and, most people are encouraging and they see somebody working out that clearly doesn't spend a lot of time in the gym and you're like, good for them. And then you got like that one D-bag that's like, look at that fatty. Bet she can't even squat her own weight, am I right? <laughs> What's she doing in here? She's not like, doesn't belong in here with us muscle heads. We're so strong. The problem is though, the draft community is like 99% those D-bags and 1% where it's like, good for you, man. Nice opinion. I appreciate that. But do it anyways. You just don't have to tell anybody if you don't want to. It's fun. Just have fun. It's, football is fun. Everybody's going to tell you how you're allowed to have fun. Tell them to shove it. Well, I have 14 years experience. Really? Why don't you go ahead and lay out your big board so I can refer back to it and show you how stupid you are with that 14 years of wasted experience. Because you know what? Everybody's going to miss. The best GM in all of football, whoever it is, his draft is going to suck. Because everybody's draft sucks. What Brian Gutekunst did this year is about as good as a draft you're going to find. And you know what? Quay Walker? Question mark. Devontae Wyatt? Question mark. Christian Watson? Good pick. Seemingly. Sean Ryan? <laughs> the heck was that? Zach Tom? Probably a good pick. Romeo Dobbs? To be determined. Kingsley? Good rotational player. And maybe. Tariq? Maybe a special teamer. Ford? Mm, we'll see. Samore? Eh, we'll see. Rashid? Eh, we'll see. We got one guy that's probably going to be a pretty good starter, potentially really good starter, and the rest are all, at best, wait and sees. Quay's a starter, but will he ever be anything above a mediocre starter? I don't know. And again, this is about as good as it gets. If we just look at defense, because it's the only broad category I can do in PFF, um, let's do all here. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have one, two, three, four, five, six rookies they drafted defensively. Know how many of them have 70 grades or higher? Technically speaking, zero. I'll give them Cameron Thomas with a 69.9 grade. Cardinals drafted five. You know how many they had that were good or better? Zero. Ravens have two, which is 
Well, I guess it's the Ravens. What do you expect? But Kyle Hamilton, the safety, 82. Kyle Hamilton, man. I forgot to check up on him. That was a big question mark. I really liked Kyle Hamilton. My, I think my grades did not, but I liked him. Yeah, man. He's, he's got to be one of the highest graded safeties in football right now. And then David Ajabo, who didn't really play very much, but I'll give it to him, had an 80. Um, but even that is still, it's out of five, less than 50%, and one was in the 40s, one was in the 20s. The Bills had one at 70.3 out of eight. You get the point, right? I'm not going to go through the entire NFL, but this is just the norm. Everybody sucks. And if you get one guy that doesn't suck, that's pretty good, man. Kudos to you for finding one that didn't suck. So get involved, have fun, um, and then just call in, man. And we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll go over Now, if you call in with like five guys, I'm going to have to do almost, I, 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 again, it took me like two hours to go through one seven-round mock draft. If you call in with five guys, I'm not going to be able to do very much. I will read their PFF grades or something. If you call in with one, we'll go a little bit more in depth. Handle it how you want to handle it. But you are right. It's time to, I mean, do what you got to do. If you want to call in and rant, rave about Rodgers, I'm down, and I will give my opinion for the 700th time. Um, but at some point, we got to get it off our chest, and we got to start talking about something else. Which, again, by the time we get it off our chest, Rodgers is going to go on McAfee on Tuesday, and this is going to kind of rev back up again. But it is what it is. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Goodbye.